0: Hey folks, welcome to another episode of The Electables. Uh, This is Doug Thornell, your host. And as always, I'm joined by super producer Michael Pellequin. Michael, uh, how you doing, my friend? I am hanging in there. A little uh, PTSD from the debates, but uh, hanging in there. Yeah, we are uh, less than 30 days until this election, which this podcast has been covering really since the very start of the Democratic primary. It's unbelievable to think that we're now less than 30 days until um, Election Day. And in fact, Election Day is actually happening uh, as we speak in many states. People are voting. Millions of people have voted. Um, And... um, We've had two debates. Uh, looks like we the third one, likely uh, uh, Trump is what is uh, is not going to participate in the third one. Um, so we'll see. I think if the last two weeks are any indication, I expect there's going to be a lot of uh, twists and turns over the next two weeks as well. Um, and do you think, you know, not having a debate like if Trump pulls out, do you think that really makes a huge difference at this point? I don't think so. I do think the first debate that he was in hurt Trump. Um, and I think la- the debate between Pence and Kamala likely won't really move the needle in either way. I think, um, you know, Kamala did what she needed to do. I think if you're on the Trump side, I think Pence, even though he looked a little out of it um, and there was the fly incident, um, you know, I think that they'll probably find some good things there. Uh, I don't think that debate is going to really move the needle. Um you know, I think the biggest event that has occurred over the last couple of weeks, obviously, is the president um, coming down with uh, coronavirus, um, and uh, obviously the the White House turning into uh, one of the most dangerous places on the uh, you know on the planet right now for um, uh, uh, for you know for the coronavirus. Uh, dozens of White House aides and. Uh, top military officials are now um positive with covid19 and my thoughts and prayers go out to all of them including the president and the first family um but you know i guess my you know my view is having um you know i, I had my dad uh my dad passed away he had coronavirus um i know uh, I, I i know pretty intimately about the the um what it's like to go through that um and you know my you know i uh, you know the fact that the president would Um, You know, leave the hospital when he did and do that, um, you know, one, do the photo op when he was at um, Walter Reed where he got into a car, a uh, sealed SUV with with several Secret Service agents putting their lives at risk, their families uh, and then for a photo op and then leaving Walter Reed uh, and going to the White House and taking his mask off. You know, for for hundreds of thousands, millions of families who are dealing with the coronavirus, you know, they don't have, one, they don't have the access to the same care that the president uh, has, uh, top-notch care. Um, But many of them, including my family, didn't have a chance to say goodbye. You know, they didn't have the opportunity to go on, you know, joy rides and saying hi to their fans. And so I think that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I think it was, uh, you know, another example of irresponsibility and recklessness. Uh, on the part of the president in this administration, and he's made this country less safe. And I, and you know, I think one of the, you know, one of the strongest lines Democrats have against this administration is if you can't keep the White House safe, how can you keep the country safe? Uh, and you can't. Uh, and that's been demonstrated by the millions of positive cases, over 200,000 people who've died, the lost, you know, countless numbers, millions of lost jobs. So, but I do want to get back to Michael. This point I made at the top is about how people are already voting. And we have a um, we really have a great guest uh, today um, to come to talk to us a bit about how um, how in particular sort of the corporate world is 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 uh, is engaging in voter mobilization but in particular Viacom and MTV and that's uh, Brianna Cayo Cotter uh, who's the senior vice president uh, for social impact for Viacom CBS entertainment and youth brands um, she uh, oversees multi-platform campaigns to engage viewers on important social issues. Um, and prior to that, she was at change.org. So it's really great to have Brianna on the show. Um, Brianna, welcome to The Electables. Uh, thanks again for joining.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So just just break it down for us. Um, Senior Vice President for Social Impact at Viacom. What exactly does that mean? Tell us about your job. What's your sort of day-to-day responsibilities? Like, I'm I'm just curious, like sort of for our viewers who might be wondering sort of what that means.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry, viewers,
0: (laughs) listeners.
1: (laughs) Yes, of course. Um, Yes, I've been learning what it means since I took the job. Um, Essentially, my job is to use the superpowers of our brands for good in, in the world. and. So our, the kind of major focuses are um, looking at the way that we do mental health representation and help seeking and um, the way that we address pressing racial and social justice issues through our chale- channels, through our talent, et cetera. And then, of course, in this election year, um, how we can make sure that we are helping our audience um, have the information they need to register and then turn out to vote. Um, and you know, the day to day of the job is um, working with amazing leading nonprofit partners, um, working with all of our internal teams, our talent, our shows to bring these issues to life um, in a in a in a real and big way. And of course, like any job, also lots of kind of internal meetings, PowerPoint decks, and and emails. <laughs>
0: <laughs> lots of PowerPoint decks. I, I I can I feel you on that one. I've. That and memos. I've probably written more memos in the last 30 days (laughs) than I ever really need to again. Um, So, uh, less than 30 days from the election, um, your your primary focus is on voter mobilization. Can you walk us through the campaigns that uh, you are currently leading and involved in as part of Viacom's effort to really encourage turnout?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have been running a voter turnout campaign for a year now. Um, so it's actually kind of wild that we're now down to this final 30 day period um, because we knew that we were facing a historic election and we were going to need to do everything in our power um, and many things. Over the course of the year, to make sure that we were in a position to achieve the mission that we set out to do, which was to um, make sure that first-time voters actually made it to the polls um, this uh, this election, and so that campaign was really based on 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 understanding a strategy where where most. I think corporate campaigns often stop is at voter registration, and of course, voter registration is a critical first step to voting. Um, but but that doesn't go far enough, and you really need to be looking at what are the factors that are keeping people, especially first time voters, um, from actually turning out to vote, and what are the levers that we can pull to do that. So we did a ton of research, um, talked to lots of leading civic engagement experts, reviewed a lot of social science um, research, and really really looked at kind of three core things that drive um, young or first time voter turnout. So first of all was social pressure works. Um, so how can we really create um, create a, a sense of FOMO around voting in an election with young people so that they're seeing other people on the shows that they watch or their friends voting. Um, identity, how do you really build identity of voters? So to that end, we worked with um, Michelle Obama's When We All Vote. We ran a 2020 prom challenge last spring where we awarded um, young people around the country that were running innovative voter registration campaigns at their high schools um, and helped pay for the proms and, and ended up doing a virtual prom because COVID um, with that. And and really, how do you make in these kind of key rites of passage moment, whether it's you know high school graduation and prom, how do you make those really embedded within um, make voting a part of them. And then the kind of core top piece that we looked at is voter access. What are the issues that have been put in place that make it harder, to people, harder for people to vote, and what can we do about that? And so to that end, we've done a number of different uh, programs from a, a program we call Poll Defenders, where we provide micro grants and support to young people around the country that are fighting to either keep polling locations in their on their campuses or in their um, communities or extend new ones, create new ones, get new ballot boxes placed so that it's easier for people to vote. Um, the other things that we've been looking at are how do we deal with a massive shortage of poll workers? Um, and we helped lead an effort that now has gained so much momentum and so many other partners through power of the polls to help recruit a next generation of poll workers. So we have enough, enough people actually working the polls come, come November 3rd so that people can actually cast their ballots. Um, and then finally, we, we saw really early on, even before COVID, that there was this upward trend towards Early voting, which had a really profound impact on people's abil- ability to vote, um, because it gives people options, it takes the pressure off of election day. Um, and but the the kind of sphere around early voting has changed so rapidly, and the laws are confusing. People don't know how to do it in a lot of places, especially if you're a first time voter and haven't don't have as much experience voting. Um, and so we created a first of its kind national holiday, Vote Early Day. We brought together a group of stakeholders um, in uh, 2019 from local election officials to other corporations to um, nonprofit organizations. And we designed and and kind of kicked off this idea of Vote Early Day. It's going to be on October 24th. And now we have over 2,000 partners that have joined us to really bring this information to the public around that. And then, of course, there's the kind of general drumbeat of voter registration marketing campaigns under our "Vote for the Vote for Your Life" banner. So, kind of anywhere there's there's a a rock to pick up that could help um, a person vote, we we're trying to pick that rock up.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the things that we've seen, particularly over the last few years, um, is greater engagement by corporate brands in. Um, social movements. Uh, you know, I can think about Patagonia on environmental issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, you know, and, and I think Viacom and MTV have been involved in this for a while in a range of different ways going back to, um, you know, go, really going back to the 90s with uh, yep. choose or lose and rock the vote. Um, uh, but but I guess how, how it, speaking specifically about MTV, Viacom, you know, more than you know, 22 decades since rock the vote and choose or lose. And I, I remember those campaigns very clearly. How has the company's approach evolved um, to support young people today? I mean, obviously, you guys are doing a bunch of really innovative things right now. And you're sort of looks like you're taking an all of the above approach. Um, but yeah, I'm just curious, has how, how has it evolved?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's so exciting to be in an organization that has such a long history and legacy of voter turnout and when I was hired into this job the challenge that our network president gave me is how do we evolve this for 2020 and how do we take this history and this legacy and all this work that we've done on voter engagement but make it really work for the now and um and I I would say the biggest shift really has been from not just looking at voter registration and messages to get people to vote but to really looking at the ways that we can pull some levers that help address the voter rights and access issues that young voters young voters voters of color are facing around the country and really looking at that and and not and not stopping at voter registration or get out to vote on election day but how do we actually really break down and what role do we have in helping um, making voting more accessible for people around the country especially in a time when there's so many attacks on people's access and rights to vote you know our poll defenders program was built out of the fact that, around 1,600 polling locations have been closed in the last decade. And less polling locations means longer lines and less people voting. And so, you know, it was kind of information like that that we took and, and really thought about, well, how what could we do to help support and actually create a kind of turnabout around these voter rights issues?
0: And um, how is the pandemic? Obviously, you know, this is something you can't really you can you you, we couldn't plan for um but how is the how have you dealt with re-outreach contact you know voter contact Mm -hmm. you know the programs that you're running how have you dealt with that uh in the midst of this um you know national pandemic
1: um yeah i mean so i think in some instances like with the poll worker shortage we actually had had early strategic conversations when we were planning um, our 2020 plans in you know in 2019, noticing that there was a need to recruit a younger and more diverse um, number of poll workers, but kind of it, it kind of hit the chopping block as a core part of our strategy because it when when we started out in the year, but then when we learned that there was going to be because of COVID a likely like million person poll worker shortage in this country. It we that idea came right back up to the center. And so that was a that was something that we weren't planning to actively do, but it was an urgent need. And we saw the kind of unique power that we could have as a as a as an entertainment and a content um company that has such large reach with a young and diverse audience um, to really help kickstart and and begin that poll worker recruitment. So for five weeks straight at the end of The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, he would go and tell people to go to power the polls, sign up to be a poll worker. And over 100,000 people just from that um, started to sign up to be poll workers. So there was some things because of COVID that were not part of our original plans that we did, but were were things that needed to happen anyways. Um, And then there was other really sobering statistics, like the fact that, you know, millions of people that normally would have registered to vote were not registering because a lot of the more normal net mechanisms for people to register, like at the DMV or at in person at, you know, events and things like that were not happening. So, you know, every year we run some sort of a voter registration and turnout campaign to our audience, a kind of mass marketing campaign, but we usually just do it within our own brands and networks. Um, You know, as you said, like choose or lose, we'll, we'll put it on the VMAs and we'll do um, things like that. But when we saw the the scale of the registration gap problem, we reached out to our friends at the ad council and said, Hey, want to team up with us and do a true mass marketing campaign? We need to get this in front of so many eyeballs, and make sure that everybody has the chance to register and vote that might be missed otherwise. And so, vote for your life became something that wasn't just an MTV or a or a VH1 sort of campaign, but is now kind of widely spreading across many other companies and and whatnot. Um, and then I think with Vote Early Day, which again we had already kind of we had fully announced Vote Early Day. Um, before COVID even became a, a real public um, uh, something that people knew about, um, and 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 because it was important, and I think what we've seen is that it just—it's it, not only important, but it's like it's now directly. Solving a very urgent and real and immediate need for people around the country. And so, you know, when we started this, it was going to be the first year of this new national vote early day holiday. We we're like, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred partners will come on board. I don't know. You know, we don't, you didn't know how many, what kind of goals we could be setting around it. And now we have, again, like over 2000 major partners that are joining us in making sure that people have this, this vote early day. Um, Information and experience. and so I think it's it's like any problem, it, it you know, new new problems and crises create opportunities for kind of bigger innovation. and I think we've certainly seen that in this period.
0: So uh, you know, less than thirty days until the election, what keeps you up at night? <laughs> Everything, Everything?
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the the thing that I am thinking about a lot right now is what happens after Election Day. Um, just like this is a historic and unprecedented election for a lot of reasons, there's also a lot of reason to believe and understand that we might not have reliable election results on election night and that it could take weeks, months <laughs> to actually have a definitive result and we know in the kind of current with the president and the kind of current political situation that that's 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 scary to me and that's worrying and you know we're doing a lot of work with other companies right now with kind of leading researchers to really kind of scenario plan map out understand messaging what do you what do you do to kind of keep people in that period if if we don't have a definitive answer and make sure that every vote is in fact counted before we declare the election. And I think for a lot of reason, there's there's reason to be concerned that that isn't necessarily um, gonna be the first instinct of some people in power.
0: Um, so I, I guess back to, you know, I, I touched on this earlier, um, but you are seeing, you know, it's great to see companies getting involved this year. Yeah in ways that they haven't before. You guys have been sort of on the, you know, sort of been there before and, and just sort of expanding on a lot of the work you've done in the past. So, I, uh, you know, it's not, this is not particularly new for, for Viacom. It is new for other companies who are, yeah. you know, sort of dipping their toes in the water here on voter mobilization, but it is, um, But but I think there's research, you know, morning there was a story in morning consult that, you know, 46 percent of consumers view companies involved with voter uh, voting, voter registration efforts more favorably. Um, You know, now 58 percent say they say uh, said the same for those that give Election Day off. There seems to be a growing um, comfort level among consumers uh, around the idea of being of companies being more out there on issues, particularly around voter mobilization, but even other issues. I mentioned Patagonia. There are other companies who are obviously doing doing things in different spaces. Um, but um, and I think that's an evolution, right? I think mm-hmm. at some you know uh, at some point it was just like you know for Nike, you know Nike did that great ad campaign with uh, Kaepernick, right? Um, you know I think. F- 10 15 years ago the response may have been you know just stick to selling shoes nike yeah. right now there's an expectation that companies need to be more out there they need to have they do need to take a position on certain issues and it's not going to be and there's not going to be massive blowback among their their customer base um have you noticed? Have you seen that? And and speak specifically for, about Viacom and how you know sort of you guys are adapting, it, you know, to you know this growing interest among consumers to see the you know the 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 stations that they they watch, the shoes that you know the companies that make their shoes as, far as having being a little more out there on issues that they care about.
1: Yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. I think again, it's it's. I, I'm in a, in a really unique position um, in companies where there's been a social impact department and team at MTV for almost 20 years, <laughs> um, whereas most other companies, this is a new position that has been created sometime in, in usually probably like the last five years or something. Many companies um, you know, have had CSR departments, corporate social responsibility departments, for longer than that, where but those were primarily focused more on kind of environmental supply chain issues, employee volunteer events, things like that, all very important and noble things, but less kind of consumer-facing public impact um, campaigns and messaging. And I think it's you—it really is. It's it's a massive sea change in corporate America over the last, just really in the last couple of years, where you've seen. Um, this this kind of focus and attention and investment in this kind of work within companies, I think it's really exciting, um, and it's particularly exciting and important in the civic engagement space. Um, it's this is why I wanted this job because every I mean you you know you're you you've worked in politics for a long time and the 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 way that most people are contacted to be voters in this country is through political parties and campaigns who are spending billions of dollars. We spend more money on elections in this country than almost any other democracy, but almost all of that money is spent by the political parties and campaigns, which have a very particular um, focus to turn out voters that are gonna help their candidate win. So they target high propensity voters, people who have already voted before, um, which means that over 60% of, of people in this country, especially young, Poor and, and poorer and people of color, low, low propensity voters, people who don't have a proven track record of voting, are never getting a message to register to vote, to turn out to vote, to get those, those kind of drumbeats of messages that you get if you're an older and more established voter. And so companies, I think, have a unique responsibility to actually get that message in front of their consumers and their audience Um, Because otherwise, those people are not going to get the information they need to register and vote. So it is it like thrills my civic engagement nerd heart to see how many companies that are coming on this year to to really get serious about this. Even in 2016, there was not like voting was like still scary to a lot of companies. They were worried they couldn't do it in a way that felt truly nonpartisan, which is like, again, kind of where their superpower is. Um, And and you just saw like more dipping their toes in in 2018. It, It felt good. It felt safe. Maybe they just did something with their employees, and now this year they're ready to go bigger. So you have literally thousands of major companies now, and many who have never done this before, Jumping in and getting into the voter registration flow, which I think is only means good things for not only the people and the customers that they serve, but also for America.
0: Yeah, and I would sh- say in that uh, in that poll I cited from Morning Consult, I said forty six percent of of uh, <clears throat> of people had a more favorable. That I don't want to leave the impression that fifty four percent had a less favorable. It was actually twelve percent who had a less favorable. Right view of companies so uh by almost a four to one margin uh uh, there were there was a significant chunk of people who didn't know or have no opinion but you know as you look at so those numbers are pretty you know i think if you're thinking about you know the other thing is you know respondents were also asked whether they would be more or less likely to purchase from a company if it did the following and uh giving election day off uh 38 percent Uh, were more likely to purchase from a company that gave Election Day off versus um, a very small percentage who was less likely um, and then uh, is involved with voter registration efforts, Uh, it was 29% more likely and then only 10% less likely. So, you know, I, I... for I, I think for a long time, I, I think in corporate America, there was just a concern um, uh, among some companies that there would be blowback if they took positions on issues or if they were seen as being too out there on Things like voter registration and voter mobilization or some of these, you know, now issues like about around climate change or things like that. Um, Now it seems like I think that you're, you know, companies are realizing that there's an expectation among their consumers uh, that they take a position. Um, And that doesn't mean they become a political outfit. Right. That's that's not what, um, you know, voters are asking for. But they are asking for companies that, you know, if they're spending a lot of time and money either on their products or time watching their shows, uh, that they want companies that are aligned with their values.
1: Yeah, 100%. And, you know, Gen Z in particular, which is a big part of our audience, is, is the most progressive but least partisan political generation ever. Right. And so I mean that just really squares really firmly with where our audience is. It's like, yeah, it would be very weird, (laughs) I think, if we weren't doing anything. And that's and again, we've been doing this for a very long time. It's actually a, a core part of our brand and the expression of it with our audience. But a lot of other companies that are just getting into it, I think, you just they're they're seeing that this has changed that very rapidly with their consumers, and so now many of them are kind of. Running to catch up, and i'm um, it's it's exciting to see so many new companies and entities just really jumping in full feet um and getting involved from everything from vote early day to national voter registration day and everywhere in between
0: right and and it's not just companies, I mean, I think you know look you 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 you're at Viacom, yeah um you're seeing i mean, I think if you're also looking at celebrities, you know I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor Swift yesterday although she has become more active politically she did a uh you know an Instagram post uh supporting joe biden you're seeing yeah. a lot of you know c- celebrity involvements in election in campaigns isn't like a new thing but I do think more and more people are becoming comfortable speaking out you're obviously leading you know the last year with the black lives matter um, yeah. movement growing um you know issues around police injustice and, r- and systemic racism you've seen a whole bunch of um uh entertainers um athletes uh musicians um uh corporate leaders corporations become more more comfortable right particularly on this race issue of systemic racism yeah you know I think, It it was almost like if you didn't say anything and you were a corporate brand, the the question was why. Yeah. Uh, And that would not have been the case, you know, certainly when I was growing up when, you know, you had the situation with things like Rodney King and Mm -hmm. um, other areas. I mean, look, there's been issues of police injustice, systemic racism for 400 years in this country. And it's really just been in the last year where you've seen, uh, you know, a more engaged uh, corporate America expressing their views on the the, on these issues so it's good to see obviously we want to you know it can't be a flash in the pan though
1: a hundred percent i mean it's actually fascinating this is my first corporate job ever i have a long background as an activist and an organizer and a campaigner and um and I've, i've i've worked in a lot of jobs where actually i was really working from the outside on corporate pressure campaigns to get companies to change their labor policies, their environmental policies, et cetera. And to actually be sitting inside ViacomCBS in this moment has been fascinating. And one of the things that I think is really clear is that kind of the the consumers are incredibly savvy. And so you can't, Yeah, yes, you have to say something, but it also has to be authentic and it has to be backed up with um, like real substance and not just like, writing a check and making a Facebook post. Like, that's right. that doesn't cut it either. And I think one of the things that I've found interesting is just we've been doing a lot of deep social, racial justice work for, again, a very long time, especially at MTV and VH1. And so our audience, that this wasn't something new or hard for us to step into what i did notice was that it's it's there's like a lot of internal initiatives and things like that that already have been happening but maybe hadn't been communicated yet or something it kind of gives the people that have been advocating for these things inside the company more power to move things more quickly um forward which i think is really exciting and excellent and like hooray
0: so um tell me about the next couple of weeks uh we to, uh, you told me what was going to keep you up but uh tell me about what you know just sort of from a um you know the final stretch turnout what should people expect um from the various campaigns that you're involved in and then also how can they be in like use how can they get involved um yep. you know and, and how can they be helpful uh in in helping to turn out people uh, on November 3rd and also encourage people to vote early.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think that the the key message that you should be hearing from from us and from hopefully everyone else right now is make a plan to vote early and vote early. If you can vote, many, many states already have early voting open, the more votes that we can cast early and have counted, um, the better we will be in relieving that election day pressure and stress. So um I feel like I could tattoo on my face right now, make a plan to vote early and, and that would and that wouldn't be going far enough. So um that's and you'll see that in a lot of creative that we're rolling out um and and a lot of activations that we'll be doing some even on the ground, public big public art displays and things like this. So Vote, vote early, vote. um, And then I think, as I was saying at the beginning, there's been a a lot of very established social research that um, social pressure really works in voting. Um, And so people are much more motivated to go vote if they're asked by somebody that they actually know. Um, And so, you know, brands, it's great that we're doing this, but I did see a funny headline the other day. It's like, why is Uber pressuring me to vote? Which I, again like we we have a role to play here, but the most powerful messengers are gonna be, be your own friends and family. So once you've made your own plan to vote early, reach out to everyone in your you know social networks and on your phone and make sure that your friends and family are also um, have a plan to vote early. I mean you've a very savvy audience probably listening to this, but um and then if there the 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 it's getting close, but the deadlines have not closed to sign up to be poll workers. And I think we just crested 600,000 people recruited for Power the Polls, but go to powerthepolls.org um, and sign up to be a poll worker if you haven't yet, because I think not only will it be a really interesting experience, but it will, it will serve a really critical need to make sure that, um, that people can actually vote and that the lines are not too long on election day.
0: That's great. And and in terms of power, uh, power of the polls, is are there any particular areas like states in particular that uh, you are, you know, you're focusing on or I is it just it, everywhere?
1: I think everywhere yeah. <laughs> right now. Gotcha. And um, but the, the really good news about it is that we, we have been hearing back from the county election officials in a lot of these places that were really facing like a, a real concern and dearth of poll workers in Milwaukee, in Detroit, and very key and important um, cities and counties around the country that are now like, we have like thousands more than <laughs> we'll ever need. Um, That's great. Which is, which is a wonderful problem to have. So, right. and in a well, lot of states, if you can't do it in that county, you can also go and travel to other places that might have in, in your state that might have more of a need.
0: And you're recruiting primarily younger people for these positions, right?
1: I mean, anyone who can can and wants to do it safely, we've just, it's, you know, the majority of poll workers were over 65 years old and so particularly vulnerable to COVID. Right, right. Um, no, but
0: that was my, that was where I was getting, which is yeah. like traditionally the people who work polls were a little bit older. Yeah. Obviously, the, with the concern of the coronavirus, either one, it may be, it may, it, it's obviously uh, they're at greater risk. Two, yeah. you may, the drop in uh, the number of poll workers may is obviously it's probably tied to that. And then three, obviously having younger people participate here. One, I think it's good for the long-term future of democracy, right? 100%. Um, but two, it's also, it's a way to take, look after the older generation who've done, who've sort of done their thing. Yep. And we just can't put them You know, we just can't put them in harm's way right now in terms of putting them, you know, having them work as poll workers, obviously, if they want to and are comfortable and take the proper precautions. And everyone does that. But it's so important that younger people start doing this um, because not just for this election, but long term.
1: Yeah. I mean, also, I think that there's something really like what we're seeing and expecting is just absolutely record turnout from young people. Um, yeah. and first and we're voters. seeing that
0: right now right with early we're vote see, right? yes
1: with early it's like it's remarkable like 10 times the amount of people have early voted um as compared to 2016 right now and it's it's high with you know and you know what we saw in the midterms was record turnout among um kind of gen Z and millennials and I, I think every sign points to that being just absolutely surpassed in this election and I think it's really if if so many more young people and young people of color are going to vote, I think it's really important that they see reflected when they go into the voting experience people that look like them and are like can help kind of ease some of the the fears and anxiety that young voters have about what that experience looks like. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's 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 good for a million reasons, and also like if if you're a young person that's registered that's going to work up do a poll working, getting up at four o'clock in the morning to go do this, I think the chances that you're becoming a really engaged civic person is very high. Like the chances that you're going to be voting in every election um, gets much higher.
0: Right. And that's the importance of voting early so that you can spend your time on Election Day, you know, serving either as a poll worker or um you know, helping other uh, folks vote. Um, yep. So that that's really and, and it, it and it's also important just to take the stress off of the election system. You know, the idea that we have one day where everyone votes, yeah. you know, yeah. has always been crazy to me. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to see. You know, obviously states have evolved. We need to do even more in terms of making vote voting ease more you know, easier and more accessible to folks. Um, but that's one of the reasons why, if you can vote early, vote early, get it out of the way, and then you know, help, you know, be a part of, um, you know, power the polls work there or, you know, and then also do what you can to help turn out more people.
1: Yep. 100%.
0: So Brianna, thank you so much. This has been great. And really thank you for, you know, the work you're doing, the work that Viacom MTV is doing. Um, it's great. It's, um, you know, and, um, you know, I think just, uh, the whole, you know, Increasing participation in our democracy is so important. It it, 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 it has never been more important with, the, uh, you know, obviously with a, with a pandemic going on, hundreds of thousands of people have died. The economy, yeah. um, you're seeing obviously <clears throat> on a range of issues just how important having a competent leadership is. And that only happens if you vote for it. And so um, I encourage everyone who listens uh, to make a plan to vote. Um, talk to your friends, your neighbors, the people you work with, volunteer with um, power and power of the polls, Um, you know, vote early if you can, because uh, as uh, one, you know, as the NAACP uh, says in their campaign, our lives depend on it. And they literally do. Um, And so, Brianna, thank you so much for um, the great work. Uh, and look, I'd love to have you back after election. We can talk about sort of how things went. Hopefully they, in my, uh, partisan way went a certain way, but uh, I'd love to hear, have you, <laughs> I'd love to have you on again and we can sort of look at, uh, you know, both 2020 and ahead.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. This was fun.
0: All right. Well, Brianna, Kyle, Carter, um, great guest, Michael, um, uh, hopefully, we're, we're we're playing on a couple of episodes before the for uh, before election day, uh, but um, uh, and we've got a couple more debates. So, um, but uh, you stay safe out there, my friend. You do the same. And um, to uh, all the listeners, uh, this is Doug Thornell. Uh, this has been the Electables. Uh, stay safe. Stay healthy. Uh, take care of yourself and your family and friends um and vote early make a plan to vote um and uh uh you know let your voice be heard because again uh you know uh, so much is at stake here so thank you uh and we'll catch you next time on the electables